Welcome to Round Trip Death, the place where we give voice to people who have experienced death, seen the other side, and return to talk about it. A place for answers to some of life's greatest questions, and a place with questions you may never have even thought of. Our interview format is non-judgmental and non-denominational. I just wanted to put a special preface on today's interview. Aaron is someone who had a horrific accident which included a traumatic brain injury. Because of this, our discussion is not as concise as usual and the topic jumps around a bit. It may even seem a little hard to believe. And while I have no way to prove or disprove anything you're about to hear, I can say that I've talked with Aaron multiple times and found him to be an authentic, sincere, good person. And there definitely is something that we can learn from his experience. We are on the line today with Aaron McPherson, my new friend in Oklahoma. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Having a good day Sound here like up it. in the mountains yeah. of Utah. And and, and I just got a, a, a look of the outside, uh, thanks to Zoom, of what's going on around you in Oklahoma. It looks nice and green. Yeah, it's nice and green, and uh, it's 100 degrees. It feels pretty good in my car right now so okay happy about that plus the hoodie you're wearing well those listening don't get to see what we are but uh, we'll try to paint the mental picture for everybody we're going to be talking with Aaron today about the NDE that he had he had a very serious um, and traumatic accident on a motorcycle and we'll get into that in just a minute but Aaron would you mind giving us just a little bit of background so we can get to know you some uh just a little background about me. I'm 43 years old. Um, I live in Hominy, Oklahoma. Uh, work uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's about a 45-minute drive. Um, I Well, I can go back a little bit. I graduated from college um, with my bachelor's degree. Uh, graduated top honors uh, in criminal justice law enforcement and um, I interviewed around for a lot of jobs and I ended up at the Tulsa Police Department and uh, I worked there for 14 and a half years, 14 and a half years. And uh, I had a bad motorcycle accident that essentially uh, ended uh, who I used to be in uh, my life um, from that point on. Let's go back to that day. How long ago was that? Uh, that's August uh, 3rd of 2016. Okay, so about six years ago right now. Yeah, just Wednesday was August 3rd. Uh, unfortunately, the director of my department died on August 3rd, two days ago. So I'm sorry to hear that. Take us back to that time. Uh, you know, what, what was going on that day that you were on your motorcycle? Well, uh, I remember working day shift um that day at the police department um it was like my second or third day on um day shift i'd been on night shift for years it took so long to get a day shift position on the police department i think it took me around uh, 12 years because i think i left the police department uh two years after my wreck officially um <clears throat> But uh, I got off work, drove home. Don't remember really the drive home. I'm a real 
picturesque kind of person. So when I'm telling a story, I'm, I'm putting myself there and trying to uh, recall it to uh, the best of my ability. So you guys can see it. Um, drove home. It's like a 35, 40 minute drive from uh, Tulsa to Skyatook, Oklahoma is where I lived uh, to August 3rd, uh, 2016. And um, went home and uh, it was like a, I, I looked at the uh, temperature on weather.com that day. Um, and I, I remembered it being a warm, warm day. It, I think it was 101 or something around there. Got home around four, I believe. Um, saw family, uh, hadn't been on my motorcycle in a long time. And I just got on day shift and I was, uh, kind of excited to ride the motorcycle when it was light outside. Um, I hadn't rode this bike in a while. It was a 1999 Harley Davidson fat boy. Um, I probably just bought it, uh, a year or so before that. And I'd probably ridden on and off throughout my life for over 10 years. Um, August 3rd, 2016 got on my, my Harley 101 degrees and, uh, went for a ride and I was going, uh, northbound on highway 169 and, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, from uh, Owasso, Oklahoma, going towards a small town named uh, Uligal. And uh, I was on the highway, and I was just riding, and the the highway runs north and south, uh, so the sun is to my left as I'm riding, but it, then it curves and to the curves to the east, so now the sun's at my back. And it's not, it's a gradual curve. It's a long, like miles of curve. So I'm curving uh, around there and I, I hadn't really ridden around there or anywhere during the day for that matter, um, for a while. I've driven. It's, uh, it's like a fishing town. Uh, for me, it was, I'd, I'd go fishing there and stuff, but, but around, uh, I think it was probably around six o'clock uh, as I'm getting close to Uligal, um, there's a, uh, a power plant and it's, it's a very large power plant and you can see it when you're driving that direction on the highway. And that's the last thing I really remember is riding my Harley, uh, northbound there on highway 169 on August 3rd, 2016, around six o'clock. Um, I think back and I think I want to tell myself, you know, I see these pictures or, or thoughts and, and, uh, I think I remember the bike kind of sliding to, and I'm going highway speed, the speed limit's 65. So, uh, I, I want to say that it was kind of sliding in one of these thoughts, but when I go back and look at the pictures, a lady pulled out. And it's a rural part of Oklahoma, so there's not overpasses or underpasses. It's a stop sign to, to get on the highway either direction. And it's a it's a separated highway with two lanes in each direction, and there's grass median in the middle. Uh, so a lady was going to go across the highway, and from my understanding, she was going to go the opposite direction. But you got to go into the center median and wait for traffic. And then go, but she apparently 
she got a ticket for running the stop sign. Um, she ran the stop sign across the highway and didn't see me. Uh, and I, I hit the side of her truck and, uh, I don't remember that. It's like a memory that I told myself, this is how I'm going to die. I think back and I think I remember a memory of laying inside of an ambulance and a state trooper, Oklahoma state trooper standing over me and something about having a gun on my bike, which I carried a gun on my bike uh, sometimes because um, I was a police officer and it was just for my own protection. Um, I didn't drink. I don't drink. I don't drink now at all. Um, uh, I probably drank once a month back, back in those days, but I've never been much of a drinker besides high school. So I was not under the influence of any intoxicants. And um, I, I just have these flashes of thoughts of maybe a collision or a crash. I, I didn't know. It was really strange because what I remember wouldn't make sense to a lot of people. Sounds like you've had to go back and put a lot of these pieces together. I think it's normal that um, that you don't, you know, with the brain injury as well as your other injuries, that not all that memory is there. How long were you in the hospital? Uh, I believe around a month, probably any like a month. Any, I'm, I'm going to say 30 days to uh, 45 days, somewhere in there. Um, I was I was in a coma for uh, two weeks. From what I'm told, uh, I was told uh, after the accident, I was transported to St. Francis Hospital there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at 61st and Yale, to the emergency room. Um, I heard that I received nine bags of blood for blood transfusion. Um, and let me go back to the wreck. I, I don't in Oklahoma. There's not a helmet law, and uh, you know, highway riding, I never imagined something like that would happen. So, I, I mean, I just kind of casually cruised around. I wasn't like into speeding or anything like that, just enjoying the weather. And I had those, uh, what you call ape hangers is on my Harley is, so they're about a little below eye level, um, in front of you. And I didn't have a windshield or anything on it. And I just enjoyed the weather. I didn't have a helmet on and I'm going 65, and uh, I broadside the, I, I hit it uh, by looking at the pictures and stuff. My forks and everything were bent straight in. My handlebars were bent back towards the seat and the seat was gone. Um, and the damage on her truck, she had a uh, Ford F-150, probably around a 2004 uh, range Ford F-150 with an extended cab. And uh, it had a camper shell on it. Um, just going back and looking at it and you can Google my name, Aaron McPherson, Tulsa police, and you can find articles and stuff. And there's some pictures and that's where I found some pictures of the wreck. I've looked at the citation and, um, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. I hit right behind her cab, um, right behind the cab, the extended cab on the side of the truck bed setting straight up, which in my I always thought about how if I wrecked my bike, how I would want, you know, if a car, if I had, I see wrecks all the time as a police officer, or I did. Um, and I've seen a lot of people die in car accidents and, and, and uh, motorcycle accidents as well. 
So I always thought about it and I know I probably didn't want to go underneath the truck. So I probably stood it back up when I started sliding sideways, if I slid sideways, but I feel like I did because I think I might remember something. I don't know. The the way it looks is I I hit it sitting straight up and I always told myself I would kind of jump a little bit, you know, to go over the top of something because I don't want to hit it. But unfortunately, it, uh, I kind of did that in a way where I think I did because of where my brakes are on my body and what's damaged on my body. Tell us just kind of an overview. So you were in the hospital at least a month. You had, uh, what did you tell me, 15 to 20 surgeries and how much metal put in you? And it was over 60 pieces, but they took out some in my hand. But I got 59 pieces of titanium in me right now. Um, I broke my lower right leg, uh, the shin area on the inside of it, and two different places on the same bone, um, probably about six to eight inches long. And it cut the nerves off to the my, my right foot, and it still suffers the consequences of that. It, it, it feels like it's asleep all the time, and I have to take gabapentin for that and uh, the, some nerve damage in my head. Um, it helps with it's a neuron, so it helps with the nerve damage. But um, I got a plate in that right leg, in that shin area. I broke my right femur completely in two, um, right where the ball's at, probably an inch or so. I've, I've looked at all the x-rays and stuff, probably an inch or so outside of the ball. And there's uh, titanium screws, like two or three of them right there. And uh, it crushed the right side of my leg and broke that femur right there. And then it shattered my pelvis. Uh, I have a C-section scar across my belly from where they had to go in and put titanium uh, mesh across my pelvis on the inside of me. Um, And then I got a screw or something on the the right, uh, the left side of my uh, pelvis towards the back area. So I broke my pelvis in several places. I broke all my left fingers here, uh, my left wrist, my left elbow. Um, I still have titanium plates in my left elbow. I fractured the C6 or C7 in my neck. C7 is what this most recent paperwork said, but I thought it was C6, but maybe it was C7. But I fractured my C7 in my neck. Um I broke all the right ribs on the right side of me and collapsed my, my right lung. I fractured my right arm as well, but thank goodness I got full use of it right now. I also broke uh, my jaw in two places, and I got titanium in my face from the break in my jaw, and something hit me right across my face right here. And... um and I, I imagine it was probably that uh, that camper shell. Uh, I think what I did is I probably hit the uh, the bed of the truck, um, which I'm saying is I hit it with my right hip, and my right arm probably hit above the the bed of the truck and probably knocked the uh, started hitting the camper shell, and my face probably hit it um, as well. Uh, you know, at 65 or, you know, if I'm slowing down anywhere from 45 to 65 miles an hour, I don't know. I had no idea I'd been in a motorcycle accident. Um, it's like, I'm just talking to you right now. And the next thing I know, uh, 
I'm going through a, a lot of hellish and weird uh, situations. It's uh, I'm being stuck there. So tell us about that. Let's jump to the NDE itself and tell us what kind of experience you had there. I remember being in my hospital bed, in a hospital bed, in a hospital room. And the hospital room, it was, uh, it was probably, it's like the lights were off, but there was a light shining in there. And I'm laying in a hospital room and being in a hospital bed, and it's kind of dark. And I'm looking down my feet and I'm just kind of like studying the room, I guess. I guess I can see the whole room in my mind. And when I'm looking down as I'm laying in the hospital bed, I can see like there's like a, I don't know, an an object, a sticker or something uh, towards the wall. And uh, right in the wall, it isn't too far away from the foot of my hospital bed. And, you know, I, I, I want to say I could hear beeping, beep, beep. And it's, I can see it so vividly, the, the, the room. And the sticker, I'm looking down my legs, is, it, it like turns into a figure. And it's, it's just standing there at the foot of my bed. It was in the shape of a person, the figure down towards the foot of my bed. I don't know how to describe. It was like, I don't know. I, I could understand it. And, but it looked like, and it, it had like skin, I guess when I'm looking back at it, like, like, like we have, but it looks like he's just ugly. He's just like a goblin or something like a, uh, I want to, I want to say leprechaun, like you would see on a movie, but those, those are, those are really, really like ugly in some of those movies, but it, it's just, it's just, a smooth, but ugly. And he's talking to me in his mind and he's sharpening a knife. And, uh, He's telling me in his mind that he's going to castrate me. And uh, I don't want to be castrated, of course. You know, I don't remember feeling much fear, but I remember it vividly. I don't remember like a tone of voice or anything because he talked to me with his mind and didn't move his lips. And he was probably like a foot foot taller than the bed. And he was probably in between the wall and the bed. So how do you know you weren't just dreaming this? I, I don't know. I don't know. But it. I'm still in the same room in the bed. And I can see to the left of my bed. And to the left of my bed, there's a, I want to say like a four by four light like squared light but it's so bright that it's you can't see the perfect lines of the of the light and there's there's like bars opened up already in it when i observed it and initially when this guy's 
down here at my feet, but I can still see some of the room around the light, but it's so bright. I can only see like the farther edges of, cause it's about probably four, four feet off the ground and it's to the left of my bed. And I can hear this sweet woman's voice as I'm laying in my hospital bed, telling me everything's going to be all right. Just come into the light. Everything's going to be all right. And it just sounded sweet as can be. And the next, I'm still in the hospital bed. I hear the sweet woman's voice. This guy's down towards the foot of my bed. And I'm, I look, I don't know. I have, I see these two guys to the right of my bed, you know, six to eight feet to the right of my bed. Uh, there's hospital windows. Um, and the hospital windows are removed and I can see these two figures of, of, of men. Uh, I don't see like the shapes, like uh, contours of their, their, their face or anything, just the, the silhouettes of them. And the one on the left, when I'm looking to the right at them is about a foot taller to the one of the left of him. And I can tell they're men because of the, the, like the shoulders and and their body shape and it's 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 a dark outside but there's uh it's brighter outside than it is in my room and i can only see their silhouettes and behind them is like a u-haul style truck um and i say that just to try to describe it's like a big box truck and it says something about meat processing and it's on the side of it and it's backed kind of uh at, at a angle where I can see the side of the truck and the front of the truck would be out towards, um, away from the, the hospital room, but the backs backed up. I can see on the license plate, it says, some, uh, it says Mississippi. And, you know, I still look at license plates all the time and I'm not a police officer anymore. Um, but I remember the license plate saying Mississippi on, I was born in Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, and these two figures, uh, they sounded like they were giggling, like a high pitched, like clownish voice or even angelic in a way, just uh, a high pitched giggling. And I can hear like metal clanking the metal. And it's not like a, a heavy metal hitting heavy metal. It's like a light clanking on the and I'm assuming it's my bed rails on my hospital bed. And uh I got these two figures over here to my right. This little guy telling me he's going to castrate me in front of me, which I'm assuming looking back, that's, you know, that's Satan. You know, I feel like this is my judgment day. And then you got heaven to my left. And uh, I'm about to go through my review. The next thing I know, I'm, I'm not in that room anymore. So where, where did you go next? I was in an upright position in like a dentist style chair. And uh, I'm in this chair, but I can't move. I, I, I'm just observing things around me. And something's telling me um, some information. Um, I don't know where it's coming from, but to describe where I'm at, I'm really visual. I'm looking at it right now in my mind's eye. 
while I'm talking to you. Uh, it's brighter around where I'm at in the chair. And it's like, it's like a light colored wall, probably about six, six feet in front of me, light colored wall tiling. And to my left is like a big, it's open into a big warehouse. So I'm like in, it feels like this, this room uh, connected to the warehouse, I guess it's, and there's a light, it's bright uh, around the room where I'm at and into the warehouse. And there's a bull raging through this warehouse and I'm stuck in this chair and I'm there and it's very vivid. And it's like, I'm there for, for all of eternity. And it, 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 it's hard to describe because I couldn't describe it before this happened to me, but it's like time slows down. Like it slowed down so much. I can see all this still. And I'm in this chair in this warehouse. I don't feel fear or anything. I don't, I see, I see. And something tells me that the bull is going to rape me. And there's nothing I can do about it. The pull is kind of rape me and there's nothing I'm not. And it's just raging and tearing up the room. And uh, it's off in the distance and it gets darker in the distance and it's lighter around the chair area where I'm at. It's like I'm there for all eternity. And um, I know looking back, I know I didn't want to be there. And I think as soon as I'm trying to escape or whatever it is, I can't move in this chair or even just the conscious thought of I don't want to be here anymore. Um, it changed scenes. I'm still sitting like in an upright position, probably in the same angle as I was sitting in the warehouse. It's lighter around the chair and darker in the room. It's kind of a dimmer room. It's really dim and the walls are just bland. And in front of me is a wall, probably two feet in front of me and there's a door two or three feet in front of me. And then there's a door to the left of that wall. And there's a ledge right to my right, like a built up ledge in this room. And I'm sitting in this chair and there's a nurse kneeling down on the ledge to my right. And I, I don't know how I know these things, but just like something was telling me the bull is going to rape me. And telling me they're going to castrate me in my hospital bed. Or before that, uh, she stabs me in the head with PCP. I don't know how. I know it's she stabs me in the head in the PC with PCP. And being a police officer, I've encountered that a lot. I know uh, they used PCP to for surgeries way back when. And uh, there's a door to the left of it uh, of where I'm at just to the left right there. And I can hear shotgun shots going off and I can hear the ch -ch boom, ch -ch boom. And I can hear it going off in the other rooms where from where I'm at. And it's getting closer and closer to the room I'm in and I can't get out of this chair. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just, and I don't want to be there. And, and then I feel like I'm there for all eternity. You know, it's, it's, it's like, when is this going to stop? But 
it changed scenes to I'm in a dark, dark forest. And it's so dark, you can't even see the trees or the sky in the forest. But there's a tree, a huge tree. In this dark, dark, I don't know if you can turn all the lights off in a room and have it pitch black. And you, it's just dark. But there's a huge tree probably 50 yards from where I'm observing it to kind of the right of me. And it's huge. And it's, 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 it goes up. You can't see the top of it, but the light is coming down around the tree around. And that's what's lighting just the area around the tree enough to see that it's a tree. And I would say it's, it, it's like one of those big giant oak trees or something that you would see like in, uh, I don't know, uh, Yellowstone or something, something really big. Um, and I live in Oklahoma, so we got smaller trees that you got, you got big trees. We got some big trees, but this tree is huge. And, uh, there's an entity, uh, about 50 yards from the tree and more from where I'm at. And I'm still in this seated position observing this. And, uh, the, the entities had, I can't even describe it. It's, it's so dark. But I know the entity has a controller in its hand. And uh, when it moves the controller, there's a car beside the tree. And that's all there is. It's pitch black, a tree, an entity, a car, with somebody in it. And the entity moves the joystick, and the car hits the tree. Uh, another car appears. The entity moves the joystick. The, 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 uh, it hits the tree. It, a different person, a, more than one person, a are in this these vehicles every time this entity crashes it and this goes on forever and it, it i don't understand what's going on i go from being a a police officer protecting and serving the public to uh i'm in some dark forest and this thing's crashing cars into a tree and the next thing i know i'm in a car and i I can see the tree and I'm, I, 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 I yell out in my mind, please don't, I'm a police officer. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. I'm a police officer. And the scene changed again. And, uh, it would just change just like that. Just like a blink of an eye. And I never had dreams like this. This is, uh, too, too elaborate too strange. I've never experienced anything like this. And the next thing I know, I'm back right tire of a school bus. And uh, the, there's dirt uh, as the pavement area and the light, there's light lighting up. It's almost like daylight in a way. It's so bright. Uh, and this where I'm at, but I'm the back right tire of the school bus and I'm wearing uh, my my uniform when I was uh, Tulsa police I had the the green uniform and I'm wearing the green uniform and I'm part of this tire and it's it's dragging me through the dirt um and I'm trying to stop the school bus because there's a big pit of mud in front of the school bus uh, it's a yellow school bus I can see that brown light brownish dirt 
uh, just dragging me through the dirt and I don't want it to go into the pit because I can see into the pit. It's just mud. It's muddy and uh, it's deep looking. And uh, you can see across the pit, there's other, and it's, it's almost like melting looking chocolate on the other side of it. The, the pit is like melting and the mud is going into the pit, filling the pit up. And I know the, I know the school bus is going to go under the mud if it goes into the pit and I don't want it to go into the pit and then upright position seeing this as I'm under the bus, but I can also see the bus. You had this so series of nightmarish kind of scenarios. Yes. Were played out for you in front of you. Yes. What do you think you were supposed to learn from that? Well, um, just to get into the, the, the next thing, I, I appeared on the side of this uh, hillside. And it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful starry night. And the grass is as green as can be. And I'm laying, looking down this hillside of nothing but deer. And they're, these deer are all frozen. And I'm frozen too. And they're just beautiful as can be. We're, we can't move. And uh, thousands of deer. And there's a light, bright light to the right of where I'm at. And it's shining onto the deer and we never move and we're there for all of eternity. It, it, it's like, I didn't want to be there at a certain point. And, uh, the scene changed again and I'm, I'm in the steel die cast. Uh, I want to say steel, but I mean, it was metal is what, from what I can remember. And I'm laying in it on my back and I say die cast because it was uh, about halfway up the sides of my body. Um, and then there's another side of it about three feet above me. Uh, and I'm laying in it and, the, and, and there's a room around it, but I, it's kind of blurry. And there's an entity to the, the left of me. And it's a female's voice. And uh, she says, he's not supposed to be here. We have to send him back. And she's like standing over here to the left of where I'm at laying down and towards the middle of my body, I, I hear a Mel's voice and it says, let's send him better. It's like they're talking to each other. And uh, the female says, we can't, he has his own free will. And this, this die cast starts to close down on me and I, I can just see it coming down on me and it, I just feel like it's just, just pressure of, if I don't fit right, it's going to make me fit right. I mean, it's stronger than whatever, I mean, my body is. Uh, and the next thing I know, I'm back in the hospital bed in that same room where I saw the figure towards the foot of my bed, the light towards the left of my bed and the two uh, subjects to the right of my bed. They're no longer there, but the light's still there and it's brighter in the room, much, much brighter, much brighter, but I'm in the same position laying in the hospital bed and the same light with the same still doors is open. And I see this gold figure that's brighter than the light. It's, it's bright. It's brighter than bright. It's 
brighter than the light, but it's in the light, right at the edge of the light looking. Well, I want to say looking, but it's shape of human figure of perfection, gold, the smooth, not male or female gold figures kneeling down, looking towards my, my hospital room, my hospital bed. And the next thing I know I'm in the light and I'm kneeling in the same position that I saw the gold figure looking into my hospital room and I can see my body laying down in the hospital bed. And that's the last thing that I remember. And, and I want to say it's not all that I remember, but it's the last thing that I remember of going through this and then trying to interpret reality from whatever, because it seems more real than reality it was there. Tell me about the gold figure. Do you, was this a part person, angel? What was it? It was just a gold brighter than bright. I mean, it, I mean, if you look at a super bright light, it's so perfect. It's almost. What did you make of it? What did you think it was? Looking back and looking at this, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what it was. Of course, I didn't talk about it. It's uh, kind of weird. You know, I, why would somebody want, want to hear this? But uh, So have you told other people about this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, it, it was a real experience, and it really weirded me out. Looking back at it, it's just I interpret it going back now, and, and, and I've been going to church a lot. Uh, studying the Bible, and I feel like I had died, and my spirit, my soul, went through some sort of judgment. But uh, I feel like I had died that day, and my spirit separated from my soul, which is my body, uh, when I died, and it guarded heaven's gates while my soul went through judgment the spirit it was perfect it was uh it was almost like liquid gold it was just just perfection there wasn't pronounced like me looking at you and uh telling you're different from the next person it, it was just perfection or uh it wasn't like hair on your eyelids and stuff it was just pure gold but uh i feel like that that was my spirit separating from my soul and uh, i don't know why I'm back once I've separated, but if my body was laying there, I can only imagine maybe I went back to my body uh, and because uh, I want to be with my kids. I have two kids, a uh, 12-year-old and a 7-year-old, but I know there's nothing to fear going through judgment because I was forgiven Everything's going to be all right. Just come into the light. How's this whole thing changed you? How is the errand today different than it was back then, besides just the bodily injuries? I'm a lot more spiritual. I know there's a spirit within me. I feel like uh, the spirit is always on record. You cannot hide from God. And God knows everything because 
He can see everything that you're seeing right in this moment. Everything that you can hear right in this moment, everything that you can feel is on record. And I went through a judgment and I think some of that stuff is kind of a convoluted, weird, weird meaning an ulterior like meaning of different stuff that's happened in my life since it's not reality as just being in that situation is not reality as you and I know it. Cause I say the word eternity and everybody would be like, well, eternity is forever. One day in heaven is a thousand days on earth. Then it makes sense to me that, you know, our senses we live, we live in a three-dimensional world. The fourth dimension is your concept of time, like it would take you uh, five hours to drive from here to there. You know that, wherever there is. Um, the fifth dimension, time no longer exists, or so it didn't seem like it. It just seemed like forever. So if one ball is turning uh, and one day is a thousand years here, with one ball rotation there, time it's going a lot slower when you die. Like it doesn't even exist. I think time's completely may not just be may not just be slower, faster. Yeah, maybe completely different. Right. Does it even does it even matter? If it doesn't if it doesn't matter, then you know, do does anyone even care if it's going faster, slower, or backwards or anything else, right? Right, right. What's your takeaway from all this? What What is the message that you've been sent back here to share with everybody? That there's nothing to fear. When I was in the light, it was just peace. No thoughts, but peace and love. No more pain, no more anything, but peace and love. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. We all walk our path and we all die. And that experience makes me feel like I've died. And I'm very picturistic when I talk about stuff from, from looking back is we're all, we all have salvation um, I think if you're truly, truly an evil person and that's who you really are and you want to be in some sort of other place besides heaven after you die, I think you, you get to choose that. I, I believe so. If you want to go to hell, you can go to hell. Um, but I want to go to heaven. I want to go back to the light. Um, I'm not an evil person. I want to serve, uh, all of God's children as much as I can, um, spread the word, study the Bible. Um, I learn, you know, just reading the Bible, uh, it talks about the light a lot and through the different chapters, you're, you're, when you're going through it. Jesus is talked about in different, in different books. And, uh, 
Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. And it says right there in the Bible that God is spirit. And if you don't have the spirit, you're not human. Um, but what do you and I know? You, we might be living amongst uh, artificial intelligence. You never know. I'm not that paranoid. I'm not that paranoid, but uh, <clears throat> I believe uh, everybody has this, has God's spirit. We're here for a reason. We walk our own paths. We're all man. You know, Jesus Christ uh, was a, a, a man that walked this earth that had a heart just like you and I, that beat just like yours and ours. And uh, he walked amongst us is what the books say. And uh, his heart was created. The, the blood that flows through his heart was created by the same creator that created the heart that's beating in your, your chest right now. I'm a creation of God. And the man Jesus that was here is our Lord. He was one with his spirit. God is spirit, and he was our Lord. The man Jesus died, but Jesus never dies. God, the same God then, is the same God that's here with us now in every moment. Every moment that passes in your life, every tick of that clock, there's only one God, same God, and God is within. And he's so powerful that he can put a spirit in 9 billion people that's on this planet. And a lot of us are just too uh, busy with our lives to realize it. You know, we, 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 we're only here for a certain amount of time and we, we all got plans and goals and while we're here, but we're all going to die. And uh, we're all here for a reason. And uh, the spirit is within and from what I've seen is that my mind and my consciousness is going to heaven. My body will stay here, but my mind belongs to God. And uh, I, I trust in God 100%. 100%. His glory, his grace has put me here with you guys given me a second chance in life and I'm trying as hard as I can, you know, it's, it's been hard to deal with um, this accident for the simple reason is I still suffer the, the consequences of it every day, the pain. Um, you know, I, my body, I, I was in really good shape before my wreck. I wasn't, like anything top notch, but I always took, I was athletic all through high school, played football, wrestled, ran track, um, really good shape. And then just to turn that switch, you know, I, and being a police officer went into the Marine Corps, um, to turn that switch of having that capsule that transports you around, which is your body being no pain or strong. You don't realize it in life until it's all taken away from you at the flip of a switch. And uh, there's just still a lot of fight in me. There's still a lot of old Aaron in me. But there's that wants to fight and keep going and uh, and 
serve as much as I can to go back into God's glory, into the light one day. I'm not in a hurry to get back there. I have my kids here, but it truly felt like home. There's nothing to be, there's nothing, nothing to be uh, scared of. Everything's going to be all right. I'm no more special than you or I. And uh, that sweet woman's voice is going to tell you, well, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but everything's going to be all right. I know in my heart, each one of us, it's going to be all right. And I love all of you guys with all of my heart. Aaron, uh, that's a great message. And Aaron, I just wanted to say that thank you. I, I know this is a hard subject. It's hard to relive all the trauma that you've been through with this serious accident. And I, I appreciate you getting through it. And, uh, and I know it's difficult. And I wish you well on the rest of your recovery and a lot of people that have had these kinds of experiences, the near-death kinds of experiences, it, it takes a while for the brain to take all the images that you saw and put it into something that really makes sense. And from kind of a from A to A to B to C. And it sounds like you're getting there. And I have a feeling over the next few years, it'll, it'll become even more clear to you. So anyway, but thanks a lot for being here. Thank you, sir. I appreciate uh, you listening to my story. It's 100% true. If you've had a round trip death experience and would like to share it with us, we would love to hear from you. Send an email to me, eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you've found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend rate us five stars, and be sure to visit roundtripdeath.com. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Music